0: Welcome to Manager Tools, our guidance on, I'm working on, not. Here we go. Folks, this guidance answers the questions of why are projects and tasks so often delayed and how can you help your directs meet their deliverables. Projects and tasks are often delayed because deadlines are vague or distant. Tasks are too big, too hard to quantify, too easy to put off. And even if a project has already started, you can actually accelerate its progress by asking for details about what people are working on precisely rather than just accepting the old answer of fine and of actually creating deliverables if in fact clear deliverables haven't been created. And you can do this whether they're working on a project or not, just if they're working on standard work, which is of course almost always a series of tasks. Here's our outline. When your directs are, quote, working on something, which I'm sure you've heard them say before, you've got to probe for details. The two questions we need to learn to start asking are, what's your next deliverable, and when will you commit to delivering it? Pretty simple. Okay, let's get into the details. When your directs are working on something, we recommend you probe for details. Don't be satisfied with the classic answer of fine, right?
1: Yeah, because that's what everybody says, right? Yeah.
0: It's almost a joke, right? Except that it's frustrating for managers. Um, we know when we ask Arter X, hey, you know, give me an update or how are things or well, how's Project X going? We know they're going to say that. And, and we'd all admit that very few projects finish on time, on budget, and to scope. So how is it that whenever we ask, every project is almost always fine? Or... If your directs are willing to go into some detail, what they'll say is, I'm working on this. Uh, I'm working on that. Oh, I'm doing this or I'm doing that.
1: Right. They're not trying to mislead us, right? They're not giving vague answers because they're trying to hide something. Exactly. Well, maybe sometimes they are, but most of the time, probably (laughs) not. Well,
0: I don't think they think of it as misleading. No. They just know that's the standard answer. They learn it within a year of becoming a professional.
1: Yeah, and if you're walking down the hallway and you run into one of your directs, you're like, hey, how's Project X? I mean, they don't have time to give you a big, detailed answer. You're on your way to a meeting. They're on their way to another meeting. Fine, right? Good. All all great. Thumbs up.
0: Because technically, right, it is a reasonable way in the abstract sense of describing almost any project that isn't within moments of being canceled because it didn't perform or something. No, it's not completely accurate to say it, but depending upon your tolerance for risk, it's not wrong. That's the thing. And we have taught people, guys, don't think this is an indictment of directs. This is an indictment, if you will. It's not an indictment. It's a recommendation to managers because we've taught them that they can say fine and we're good. Now, to be fair, you can tolerate fine a lot as long as when there's really a concern that it's not fine that someone's gonna say something different. The problem with that is um, we've all had the experience of hearing fine and then discovering someone ask a question and when they dig in deeper than we want to, cause we're using the direct as the way to dig into what they're working on, someone else digs in for us or maybe even we dig in for ourselves and we say, hey, Uh, next week we have a pretty big deliverable. I don't know that anybody's worked on it. There are a couple of pieces of that that I think I would have been involved in. It'd be okay if I wasn't. Nobody's asked me. Where are we on that? Well, that one's an unusual situation because um, of the deal with the vendor. And so they said they're going to change that later. And so it doesn't really matter. And all of a sudden you're like, hey, that means next week we're going to have to report as red, or we have hours of work to rework this project. And now suddenly the direct answer of fine for weeks is really accurate but not helpful, not insightful. And, and as we'll talk about later, why do you ask? Why do we ask these questions? The reason we ask these questions is to determine how and why and when to take action. If you're not going to take any action, no matter what answer you get to the question of how's it going, or what are you working on, or what's your status, how's Project X, then you're not going to ask. Those are the projects, Those are the, that's the work you don't care about. So by definition, this question is about finding out how you're going to get involved, if you need to get involved, and if so, how much. If you're not going to, you wouldn't ask. The problem is... In these situations, is we're asking the wrong question.
1: We're asking about these projects, which can have hundreds of tasks, right? Five hundred, yeah. thousands over months, and we're asking about it with the vaguest of questions, right? How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> and the the sh- it's a short answer that either requires a briefing, which, as we said, isn't going to happen in the middle of a hallway conversation. Right. Or it requires something like fine. Yeah,
0: which we've accepted. Yeah, right. Exactly.
1: And so we're basically like it or not, we're getting what from our directs what we're asking, we're asking them for. It. Right. Um, and so when we, as managers, get frustrated with fine, and then when we dig deeper and find out really it's not fine, that's our responsibility. And the good news is that means we can change it. Yeah. Right? We can we can behave differently to get a different outcome.
0: Yeah, and so whether it's a project, um, it's just regular work that may not have risen to the level of complexity to be called a project. Maybe it doesn't have a capital budget, maybe it doesn't have additional resources assigned to it or whatever. We ask things like, how's it going? Everything good with the new templates? Can you give me an update on the event planning? And as Danny said, when we ask these kind of non-specific questions, we ought not to be too frustrated by non-specific answers. But this guidance says when you inevitably slipped in one of those vague questions, and you're going to, I think about this particular topic, if you ask me, name two operational details that you think really help you as a manager, I would say our guidance on never assign, a, a never assign work without assigning the reporting of that work with it. In other words, turning a task, do X into a deliverable such as do X by Tuesday, and X includes reporting the status to me. Um, That's one thing because now I don't have to go searching for stuff and I know when stuff's going to be done. All I have to do is write it down. This is the other one that I try, you know, now I admit for a long time, what I would say was, hey, how's it going with Project X? And somebody would say, fine. And I'd say, okay, you're going to have to do better than that. (laughs) You know, do me a favor, go by your desk, and get me the spreadsheet right but you know just hey good thanks i want to take a look at it tonight i just want to be sure i'm on track now 80 percent of the time with people whom i had hired with people who i liked who i was confident in whom i completely trusted i would get back one of a number of answers such as well it's kind of in a rough state or yeah okay um you're probably not gonna like it or they just wouldn't reply I would get a clear sense that tasks, deliverables, deadlines were not defined. Things were very vague, not clear. And so I started not getting upset, but started to dig in and say, Well, okay, what are you working on now? What's next? And so on. Once after about six months, I was amazed how often um, people would say, I'm fine. And well, this is my next action. Here's what I'm doing here, here, and here. And when I say next action, guys, those of you in IT who have been exposed to Scrum ought to feel Scrum in this. The whole point of Scrum and having more to is what a you is, you know, what did you accomplish yesterday? What are you working on today? What are your barriers? What do you need to overcome? And the point of the barriers is something the manager or the Scrum master may need to get involved in, which is exactly why we would be asking questions of our directs, even if we're not in Scrum. And I think it's hilariously funny, Danny. As an aside, you come to Silicon Valley a lot. I live near Silicon Valley, and um, people tell us, tell me all the time. I, I don't, I don't have time to do a one-on-one with my <laughs> four directs. But these are people developing software, and they're doing Scrum every morning, and they're asking every day, "What are you working on today?" And you know, what are your barriers, and so on. And these are people who say oh, you know, I don't want to get too involved. I don't want to ask too many questions. You know, I want to trust my people. Like, wow, but you ask them every day what they're working on. Um, How is that okay in a one-on-one where you're going to dig in more? Not okay. So, anyway, when you inevitably slip, don't let a vague answer like fine be the end of the conversation. Don't slap yourself on the forehead and go, darn it, you know, I should ask the right way. Just go ahead at that moment and probe deeper by asking more specific questions designed to get actionable information that's all
1: when i first became a manager mark it took me about four or five months to realize that fine does not equal green (laughs) oh oh my gosh yeah
0: and and here's here's something else that's interesting i think there's a healthy contingent of managers whose understanding of their role that if you ask managers If you had to bet all your money on fine or green, what would you bet it on? There would be a healthy percentage, particularly newer managers or people who never really aspired to it but ended up in a role like that. Maybe 30 to 40% say they would bet on fine. Um, Having no concept that the effective manager really doesn't care at all about fine. Fine cannot be sold. Fine cannot be packaged. Fine cannot be delivered to another department in order for your work to go into the value creation of a product or service that delivers results to customers, that creates income, that pays salaries, that allows profit, that allows reinvestment, that allows growth, that allows salary increases. They don't. I mean, all that stuff, everything I just said, that whole string of value creation is all in green. Right. And and I got to tell you, I'm open to hear how you would say, but green is not the way people think and I don't think that managers understand the many many managers not all many of you listening are like no 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 I understand now many don't understand that green is where managers have to live green as opposed to amber or red on a project it wouldn't hurt to be sustainable either but that's a whole separate (laughs) that's a whole separate discussion
1: and I think that our directs inherently know that we're asking to find out if we need to get involved
0: absolutely And they know we also want more specific status.
1: Right. And so I think a lot of times our directs answer fine, even though they know it's not green, right? Right. It's, It's yellow or red. But in their mind, they're addressing the yellow or the red, or they know how they're going to fix it.
0: Exactly. And look, this is a case of two different people with two different needs. And folks, it doesn't mean we're opposed to our directs. It's just important that we understand The different people want different things. You want to feel good that based on if you knew everything, the project, the work is gonna get done on time in a high quality way, um, in a sustainable way too. Your direct wants to avoid too much oversight. Your direct wants to be left alone, wants the freedom to be able to manage their work. And of course, that's why often directs in these situations say, well, don't you trust me? And of course, the answer to that is when your directs say, Don't you trust me? Say, yeah, of course I trust you. That's why you're here. And trust, but verify. I mean, no offense. The market trusts us, and we have to report quarterly reports. Customers trust us. And when we make a mistake in a product, they tell us about it. My boss trusts me, and he expects me to brief him weekly on the status of things. Reporting on status is not a function of trust. It's a function of the organization is bigger than us, and as such, work is not technically done. If I do work, but it doesn't, no one else knows about it, then the organization can't turn my work into a product or a service or aggregate it with something else that allows there to be additional value created in the marketplace. And so therefore, work has to be done and reported on being done. And the fact that it's in your head and okay is fine, I just want it out of your head. And there's a chance that you and I will disagree on green, and disagree on green, yellow, and red. And that's okay, too. Then this gets to another thing. And I, this is where I thought what I thought you were going to say, Danny, is that we think we want to know about yellow and red. Most directs want to avoid the reporting of yellow and red because it implies more oversight, more involvement. And what's interesting is if you have a great relationship with your direct, that won't be a problem from the standpoint of you'll know how to get more involved in a way that's not intrusive, but by the same token, in most organizations today with the pace, operational tempo and the need for high quality and speed and so on, it's not efficient or effective for the organization to assume that directs can keep things in their head, have 30 or 40 tasks, all of which they're kind of working on, some of which are kind of making progress, when in fact that goes into the larger value creation the organization does.
1: And I think too that a lot of directs interpret more oversight or more involvement from their manager as in trouble.
0: Yeah. And what I would say is, folks, you better be busting your tail on your relationship with your people. So they'll believe you when you say, look, it's okay, I'm involved. Hey, consider this, try this. And try when someone actually does say, I have a concern Try not to get upset because everybody else has been telling you, fine, and it's a vague sense of things, and most projects, most work is delayed, doesn't get done, and so on. Try not to get upset because you're punishing the direct for candor. You're essentially saying, don't speak truth to power. So, yeah, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Look, I want to go back to something I said before. Think of it this way, guys. When we ask our directs about their work, their progress, their status, what we're really doing, again, is determining whether or not we need to take action. You know, a status of green on track, up to date means we can either focus elsewhere or maybe give positive feedback and then go focus elsewhere.
1: Which would be even better.
0: Yes. If somebody's red or delayed or at risk, it means we need to get involved or become more knowledgeable. That's action. Right. An answer of fine isn't enough to either allow us to focus elsewhere in peace or to know how we need to get involved. So we end up having to ask more questions.
1: And what would be really awesome is when your direct report's read, give them positive feedback for reporting read.
0: Well, you know, that actually happened, um, didn't we just do that here internally at Manager Tools? We don't talk about internal operations, but I know Mike did. Mike was going on vacation and he was working really late. He was going to work really late the night before he went on vacation. Uh, he said because you know i got into this realization that the serialization of projects and the number of people who are going to be out in the next month we're recording this podcast in november um was going to keep us from delivering in january on a project and we haven't missed it in a while and i wanted to make it i said okay no let's do the right thing here you're not going to ruin your vacation you're not going to fly to a resort while you're bone tired from having pulled an all-nighter at our age and so just report red and we'll you and i'll talk about it while you're on vacation and we'll come back with a new plan and the hopefully the idea how that is perceived is we did what we want you guys to do we set the right. example of okay we recognize we had some insight into the project and we're now delayed we look out six weeks and we're we're at risk of missing the debt missing the deliverable
1: that's a really kind of a great <laughs> little bit of a tangent is that is a wonderful way for us as managers to set the um, example for our directs. When we're red, we need to report red openly, honestly, candidly.
0: Yeah, and I think there is. I could probably do some some musings about that and things I think I think or in some other stuff about the difference how managers fail to understand how opaque their job is and then privately enjoy the opacity that, in such a way that They don't really tell directs what they're doing like that's that's at my level and not at your level but then they beg for transparency at their directs level i'm not a fan of complete transparency i certainly don't think we should say you know share salaries and a good trusting relationship means you're going to learn some stuff about some of your directs that is sensitive enough that you'll want to maintain professional courtesy with them but you have to recognize if you've sent your message sent a message to your directs that I get to make decisions unilaterally and I don't have to help you understand why, then when you ask for insight into what they're doing, even though it's not an equal relationship, there's a part of them that says, that doesn't feel right to me. So what we do is we ask, what's your next deliverable? After you hear something vague, after you hear fine or good (laughs) or, you know, everything's good. Okay, cool, what's your next deliverable? And guys, I tell you, the first couple of times you'll do this, you'll get a little bit of eyebrow raising. It changes the conversation from comfortably vague to clearly specific. Rather than talking in general about the status of the project, we're now talking about what's being done, by whom, and by when, which sounds vaguely familiar, by the way.
1: (laughs) And the goal is to get down to the work that's being done, not just the status of the project.
0: Because the project status is supposed to be a reflection of the work that's getting done.
1: Right. Status is all kinds of information about future tasks, tasks that have already been done. None of that, you know, really is actionable. So we can talk about projects all we want, but if we're really interested in making a difference in that project success, it's going to come down to who's doing what by when, what needs to be worked on now, what's coming next. Horseman's Law of Project Management.
0: Yeah, which by the way, I noticed that there are several sites out on the web where People unrelated to us say, yeah, it's Horseman's Law of Project Management. One guy even calls it HLPM.
1: Really? Which, yeah.
0: And interestingly, there's sort of a bifurcation in the project management world between Horseman oversimplified, which I can understand their issue, and oh my gosh, the project management community has overcomplexified things. And right. thankfully, somebody's finally cut through everything. Our friend Cornelius Fitchner. I think has talked about, about the idea. And I think, Cornelius, to your credit, I think we know that it's more complicated than that, but managers need ways to simplify the world rather than complexify it. I don't think that's a word. It is now. Yes, and simplifying it is, hey, who's doing it? When does it do? What are they working on? And if you think you can build a house that's gonna be pretty on the outside, but everything on the inside is not done well, The house may be pretty for a little while, but it won't be sustainable and won't last. If you think you can have good high-level project management oversight, but not have good tasks being accomplished down in the weeds on time, in budget, and so on, think again, it's not going to work. So when you think about it, most of our work, whether it's a project with a published plan, whether, you know, Critical Path, which is classic, right? And by the way, folks, if you don't know what Critical Path is, do a little research, find out what that is. I talked to some people recently, Danny, and I said, well, you know, there's a critical path. And so what's a critical path? Wow. Um, and I think that's the natural evolution of projects and intranet websites and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but people don't really understand that a risk in some tasks is more important than a risk in other tasks. But if you think about it, even if it's a project or if it's just regular work that doesn't justify that level of oversight, it's still just a series of tasks that are done in some sort of rough serial fashion. Some are short, some are long, some can be done in parallel, things change. But ultimately, work is tasked with deadlines that have to be reported on, which are deliverables. And one of the reasons fine is an acceptable answer for a lot of people in their head is there aren't clear tasks. And the absence of clear tasks, who's gonna do what by when, and is it gonna get reported on, is a huge problem. And we as managers often aren't helping with it. Some projects don't have any tasks because, you, oh, I trust you. You know what you need to do there. Some have tasks that last weeks, which guys, for the record, really aren't tasks, but are bundle of tasks too grossly defined to be manageable. And if that's the case, you're not going to get much insight because it's too hard to describe what I've done in the last six days about something that I have 35 days to deliver on. And as a, aside, the general rule, guys, is no task should last longer than a week. If it does, it's nowhere near specific enough.
1: And a bundle of tasks, it's too complex for us to see into that, right? And right. since we can't see into it, we, we can't, can't, manage, can't it. manage. Right.
0: And so if our boss were to say to us, what's the status of that? We'd have to say fine.
1: So the clear deliverables, the clear who's doing what by when gives us I'll use that word transparency which is so overused. But it gives us more insight so that we can manage better. Yeah. So shorter deliverables generally going to be better because they're easier to report on. It allows certainly allows our directs to feel that they've achieved something, right? More often because they've got these shorter deliverables that they're getting done, they're checking it off, they're getting it done on time and that helps to reduce the overall uh, risk and the overall time risk. And that sounds a lot like our coaching model.
0: <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> so we ask, what's your next deliverable? When you don't get a clear answer, don't be surprised. Be ready for vagueness or a request to check their desk for more details or their logs or their written plan or their email. Uh, you can either work with them to define what the next task is, which is, again, probably whittling away at something amorphous to create something measurable or just ask them to get back to you by the end of the day with one, two, three, four tasks or whatever. And here's how I can see. Now, this is oversimplified, guys, because there are different directs who respond differently to more insight, and it may take a series of these exchanges to get people to understand that this is the new way you're going to dig into things. But in the case of working with them to defining what the next task is. It might sound like this. Danny, I'll play the manager. You play the direct. direct. Since we have M for manager and D for direct.
1: Oh, and that works, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: it works well here. So I'm going to say, how's Project X going?
1: Good, fine.
0: What's your next deliverable?
1: You know, I'm working on a lot of things right now.
0: Okay. Which one of those things is your next deliverable?
1: I guess um, it would probably be choosing a vendor.
0: Okay, great. And when can you commit to getting that done? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Ooh, uh, I'll tell, I'll wow tell, yeah, i'll
0: <laughs> tell you you do that i've done that in front of an audience and there are two responses to that exchange one is Ooh, people like wow yeah. you really wanted to know what i'm doing which by the way is my job right okay the second thing is this dawning sense of I can be freed up. I can actually learn what people are doing in detail. Wow, it felt like it was intrusive. But now that I think about it, I really feel good that that would be really helpful. And in no way could one of my directs or me, if my boss asked me that, say that I was pressing too much or pushing too much. And I would say, wouldn't you agree, Danny, there's a lot of managers, perhaps in their first couple of years managing, regardless of their age, who get a couple of pushbacks from directs on things and then think oh i'm violating some rule the direct knows that that level of insight that i want is too much and i should back off
1: yeah absolutely. when in fact
0: they're wrong the direct is just fearful of in oversight and so they push back and the manager goes away i hate to say this but there's a great pop culture reference to this which is, I mention this every few years and people always give me a hard time about it. There is a Star Trek The Next Generation cast called Pin Pals. One of the subplots in it is about Wesley Crusher, a third lieutenant a young kid being given leadership responsibilities and he has somebody push back on him with a given task.
1: And they're older than than he is, Oh right? yeah,
0: they're older than him, a lot more experienced than him. Right. And he finally goes to his boss and asks and. The boss suggests something, and he does it, and it works and um, folks, it's okay for you to want to know details. It's not okay for directs to say no, you're you're micromanaging me because believe me, this isn't micromanaging. This is effective husbandry of resources. That's all it is,
1: and I think a lot of a lot of managers don't want to have that conversation or don't ask those questions because they perceive it as. They're in conflict with their direct, right? And we don't want to yeah. be in conflict with our directs. Yeah. And so I think a, a lot of the success in this is in how you are saying the words, right? It's one thing to say, great. So when can you commit to getting that done? Oh, yeah. And, oh, you sure, yeah. So when do you think you can have that done by, right?
0: Yeah, and what's another way for that tone to be helped? Relationships.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: duh. Um, that's the ultimate duh, I think, in the last 10 years for us in terms of manager tools and career tools are other guidance relationships are huge and most managers don't recognize that many do but most don't okay so let's do the other example okay um where we're gonna not work with the direct a little bit um so here we go how's project x going
1: good fine
0: what's your next deliverable
1: working on several things a lot going on
0: (laughs) oh cool okay what are you working on
1: Oh, you know, this and that. I mean, just keep the things <laughs> okay. moving forward. Okay,
0: doubling down on our bed here. That's good. Okay, so I'll, uh, my part is, sorry guys, that was an aside. Here's what. Here's my line. Um, tell you what, cool. Send me a mail before the end of the day with your next two to three deliverables and those this and that and, and um, what their deadlines are. Thanks.
1: Again, right? No sense of like you're in trouble, right? It's very... Casual yes, yeah.
0: and I think if you engage in this I know it's been true for me in every organization. I've done this in. if when I start doing this gradually It's a form of training and people start saying I'm working on X. It's due tomorrow, right? Uh, I'm working a Y and, and and I might say okay good send it to me when you when you get it done or I make a little note set a reminder in OmniFocus, in my calendar and you know whatever in, in your watch whatever hey, so-and-so owes you so-and-so. I've told this story before. Now I'm completely blanking on his name. Oh, Jamie Dimon, um, somebody I've worked with before, um, CEO of I think the biggest bank in the world. I think um, so. In his office in Manhattan when he's in the office. He's the CEO. He has extremely powerful and important and incredibly accomplished and successful people reporting to him. He probably knows the top, three to 500 managers in the company very well. It's a huge part of his job. And he walks around his office with a three by five card stuck into his shirt pocket because he doesn't buy custom shirts. And on it every day when he's in the office, at the top of the card is people who owe me stuff. And then it's like Bob owes me you know, a quarterly report on what our commodities business is doing um, Sarah owes me a quarterly report on this or that or the other thing. I mean, come on. The CEO, Pretty low-tech, right? <laughs> the ce- yeah, it's low-tech. And it's not it, I mean, he's not trying to add anything. Hey, where's my stuff? And certainly, if you reported to the CEO and he says, hey, where's my stuff, you wouldn't go, oh, yeah, I'll get it to you soon. Yeah, if he had to write my name down, he's got a bunch of other stuff to do, investors and customers and regulators and board members and so on, big issues. The fact that the CEO knows you owe him stuff and you haven't delivered, huh, because he's not going to put it down if it's been, if it's three weeks before he needs it. But if he needs it, and you, you assume that people at that level know that time is important, and so therefore there are agreed upon deadlines and so on, yeah, so don't think that what we're asking you to do managers is somehow creative and clever but not useful or would not be considered appropriate if some ceo could magically time travel with us and see all the manager conversations where managers told fine and managers think oh that's okay the ceo would be like what are you doing dude get in there find out what the heck's going on over there okay so the second thing you do is you ask okay when will you commit to delivering and look, obviously, this step is clear. If, if you're familiar with deliverables versus tasks, I talked about this before, a task is something to do, a deliverable is something to do bundled with its deadline and the obligation to report on the status of that task. And as
1: managers, we don't, we don't assign tasks. We assign deliverables.
0: Yes. But we talk, most of us talk in the language of tasks. Of tasks, We're right. Gonna do X. Not you're going to do X by Tuesday, three o'clock, and you're going to report to me that X is done that's the beauty of a true deliverable uh and a ta- again task that done that's done but nobody knows about it, is worthless to the organization so we ask as we did in these two examples when will you commit to delivering you could also say what deadline will you commit to or when will it be done and for the record you know, any answer to those that's specific is a commitment and we want people to keep their commitments. So, a missed deadline is a missed commitment, not just a slushy sort of, I'm working on so many things, boss. I didn't, you know, it's not a missed commitment. I just missed the deadline. No, it was a commitment. You said to me, you would have it to me then. And we don't want people who don't commit, but there's a big difference between saying, uh, when will it be done? Uh, Oh, this week. Okay, this week then means Saturday midnight. Right. <laughs> or Friday midnight, right? No. I want a date and a time. Well, okay. What day this week? Oh, probably Thursday. Okay, th- what time Thursday? Ah, oh, probably two. I said no. Okay, so I'm I'm not thinking probably. Are we talking Thursday at two? Is that the date you're committing to? I know you've got other stuff to do. I could be okay with Thursday at five or Friday at nine.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Mark, when I was listening to you talk, that's something that I've noticed that you do fairly often when I give you a deadline, like I'll have this done by next Friday, you know, one central or something like that. You'll often say, oh, you know, let's make it the following Wednesday as a direct. Like I appreciate because, well, my, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but my assumption is, is that, you know, that directs, we have a tendency to oh I, I got to get this to my boss fast you know there's
0: yeah it's it's actually more than that it's it's I believe in the tone of your voice and my knowledge about your op tempo your operational tempo, how much you're working on and how fast things are going. I can tell that my question when we get it to me is perceived as a demand for urgency, yes i believe i'm not saying this should be necessarily obvious to you um i could make a case for that but it's clearly not based on because i do that with all my directs and have for years i feel the urgency and i understand that you see it's a demand but i'm not doing that i am not attempting to create urgency i am not attempting to get it faster if i wanted it tomorrow i would say sorry danny i need that tomorrow by two o'clock and I know that I've messed up your day and maybe it's you are delayed and it's your fault or maybe it's my lack of of foresight and so on. And that, that would be a case of me using role power to essentially demand something on short notice. But no, I've learned and I don't think this is my problem. I think it's managerial problem. It's a role power problem. It's a lack of trust problem that when I say, okay, when will you get it to me? So that I can keep track of it because I'm working on so much stuff, I can't. If you tell me next Tuesday, I'm like, great. The only reason I'm asking is to find out when to put down, when to check on things. And 80% of the time, even people directs I completely trust like you would say a date that I don't need. And I'm simply trying to take the question out of the I'm demanding urgency. And I like the idea that I have 25 things to do, they all have deadlines, and my boss will allow me to move those things around a little bit. And if I'm going to be on vacation or if I'm going to be busy this week and next week with something else, and you get it to me Wednesday, but I don't work on it for three or four days, I'm not adding any value to it. If you could have added value to something else by delaying this deadline that I'm not able to leverage, then that would be a smarter use of your time. And I trust you to know what that that stuff is. So yeah, I routinely do that in part because I want to be able to save my bullets for nope, this has to be done tomorrow, two o'clock.
1: Right. I was gonna say when then when it really is urgent, oh, right, yeah. you've got you've got some some uh, you've made some deposits in that relationship yeah. bank account and right? If everything is urgent, then nothing is.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to be the boy who cried wolf, right? Right. Everything's urgent. And then suddenly you've got too much to do. You can't meet all my demands. And now we're in a steady state of friction and frustration. Right. Yeah. Cool. So uh, we kind of rambled a little bit, and yet this will always be a really important topic to me. Folks, if you really intend to learn about the status of the stuff your folks are doing, Stop just asking how things are going. Ask what their next deliverable is and when they'll commit to having it done. If for no other reason, that's what you really want to know anyway.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Clear communication, right? Yep. There you go. Great. Thanks, Danny. Thanks.
0: That's it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this. A way to help your directs and you communicate more effectively and efficiently about what they're working on and how to move work forward. See you next week. This podcast was produced by Manager Tools. Manager Tools creates actionable management guidance every single week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face as a manager or professional, go to www.manager-tools.com.
1: Search for Manager Tools on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.